Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. I'm Jody Heiss coming to you from Washington, D.C. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Let's go ahead and jump into it. One of the big questions that I am frequently asked that people want to know going into next year, going into another cycle, what are the main issues that are facing our country? And I, I always say, listen, immigration, no doubt. That's on the top minds of everyone. Our spending, our debt is on the minds of everyone. But the third big thing is a health care reform. That has not gone away. And of course, this is a controversial issue, hot button for many people, primarily because the Affordable Care Act, as we all know, is Obamacare. Uh, it became law back in 2010. But after it became law, Republican members of Congress, and I would say every Republican candidate, said that if you will elect me, I will repeal Obamacare. But when the chance came to do that in 2017, politicians did not do what they said they were going to do. And so here we are, still with Obamacare. Uh, they did not repeal and replace. We had the bill, actually, that we offered was the American Health Care Act, and we were not able to get it across the finish line. And that is because Republicans did not do what they said they were going to do, at least not the majority. And so Obamacare remains the law of the land. And, and the question now is, how do we continue with this fight to make health care affordable, uh, to provide some sort of patient-centered health care, and have options available for the American people? Th those things are and continue to be a priority, not only for me, but for my colleagues in the Freedom Caucus. But here's the problem. The healthcare system that exists in this country today since Obamacare, because of Obamacare, is simply not fair. It, it, for example, it doesn't uh, provide coverage that families and individuals want. It, it saddles Americans with outrageous costs. We've all seen this skyrocketing cost because of Obamacare. And on, on top of all of that, of course, there's virtually no choices for doctors and insurance coverage that people want. And so the, the whole thing of Obamacare simply is not right. And so what is the left doing? Well, their approach, now that they're in the majority, is to bring us Medicare for all, which is even worse. I mean, this is a total government takeover of the healthcare system. But in spite of that, What's alarming to me is the vast majority of um, Americans, or at least the, a significant majority of Americans, are not aware that Medicare for All is a government takeover. Uh, and I, I say that because of a recent poll. The Kaiser Family Foundation did a poll in which they found, among other things, 55% of those who were polled thought that their employers would still help pay for their insurance premiums. That simply is not the case. A complete government takeover of health care means that employers are not going to be able to offer health care coverage anymore. That poll also found that 55% of people who buy their own insurance thought that they'd be able to keep their current plan. Again, wrong. That's not going to happen. The one thing in this poll the, the, that the American people did get right was that 78% believe that Medicare for all would make their taxes go up. Well, I can tell you 
That fact is 100% true. In fact, estimates range that uh, the cost of this Medicare for All is somewhere between 28 and $32 trillion. That is trillion with a T. And so, you know, obviously, uh, it's, it's priced way out of even the range of possibility, but it also obviously would impact our already extremely unstable national debt. And so you've got all this mess, all this government takeover, unbelievable costs, raising of taxes, no choices, and that's before we even get to some of the simple questions that people have regarding health care, like, will I be able to keep my doctor? Ah, we've heard that before. What would happen to my quality of care? Would that change? And so, again, what's the Democrat answer to all of these type of questions? Well, their, their approach is kind of like, well, listen, we're from the government. Trust us. We're going to take care of you. But anyone, anyone who has followed government involvement of health care over the last 50 years, look, you need to look no further than the VA to see what government health care looks like. It, it is a disaster when health care is run by the, by the federal government. And so, look, we are divided in this country politically. There's no question uh, as to even, you know, what the solutions are to the health care problem, the health care infrastructure. And yet in the short term, no question, there's a lot of good proposals that have come forth uh, from, from many of my colleagues. The Trump administration has put forth some great proposals that can at least in the short term help shore up some of the, the immediate problems. For example, uh, there is a doctor's caucus up here, and, and they are proposing some innovative solutions to deal with the surprise billing problem. You, and you know what that is. When you go to a doctor and you end up receiving all sorts of unexpected bills that uh, you didn't even know took place, but you start receiving bills for all sorts of things, this surprise billing. There's some efforts to address that. Of course, the Trump administration is also trying to deal with uh, the, the uh, high cost of prescription drugs and trying to lower those costs. There's also a lot of attempts to deal with uh, uh, other issues of, um, that would help people maintain control of their, their own health care, like being able to purchase uh, health plans across state lines and uh, the, these type of things, being able to keep your uh, insurance when you change jobs, uh, some of this type of stuff. But Democrats in Congress, they simply need to be pushed into providing real relief for the American people instead of using the mess that currently exists as an excuse to make it even worse by giving us Medicare for all. And all this brings me to uh, our very special guest who I have with me today that uh, I'm thrilled to have. A good friend, great colleague, a tremendous member of Congress, Dr. Andy Harris is from the 1st District of Maryland, and he is right smack dab in the middle of all of these debates regarding health care. He's an anesthesiologist. He's a proud father and grandfather. Uh, he served as a physician at Johns Hopkins Hospital. He also was a medical officer in the Naval Reserve. He was a member of the Maryland State Senate and now, of course, in U.S. Congress. Uh, he serves on the House Appropriations Committee and also serves with me as a board member 
with the House Freedom Caucus. And I cannot tell you, Andy, I'm thrilled to have you here with us. Thanks for being a part of the podcast today. Well, it's great to be with you discussing the favorite topic of mine, health care. Uh, hey, it is a favorite topic of yours, and I don't know of anybody up here who understands this whole issue any better than you do. All right, so let's talk about this. You're a physician, an anesthesiologist. You've some, you're someone who has personally been in the trenches of this battle uh, for a long time. Where do you see this whole thing, specifically as it relates to Obamacare? We didn't get it overturned, and it's all in shambles. Where do you see all this moving forward? Well, you know, the, the problem is, is that Obamacare was a failure. You know, it's called the Affordable Care Act, and yet <laughs> yeah. if, when I go in my district, the number one complaint from people is the cost of health care. So the president's going to have to do this without Congress because, again, Nancy Pelosi's dug in on this. Uh, so he's going to have to do association health plans, which you mentioned, which allow purchase across state line, lines, the short-term uh, limited-duration health plans that don't have all the tremendous mandates that bring up the cost of Obamacare plans. You know, if you don't get a subsidy on the Obamacare exchanges, you're paying a lot of money for your insurance. And besides that, again, it didn't bring down the cost of health care when you're not in an Obamacare exchange. Those costs are still going up. So the whole experiment was a failure. So I've been in many meetings with you. Uh, you, you are absolutely one of the premier leaders on this whole debate. What are some of the things that you're involved with trying to uh, work uh, within Congress to try to improve our health care? Sure. Look, the biggest thing that we can do, I, I, I think we need to bring price transparency to the entire system. It works everywhere else in our economy, and yet there is absolutely little, if any, price transparency with health care. I would go to a town hall, I'd ask people, do you have any idea what it costs when you got your MRI? Most people have no idea what it costs. Yet they know, when, when they go out to the grocery store, they know to the nickel what things cost right. in the grocery store. We don't have it. We have to have total price transparency in health Why is it so difficult to find out what an appendectomy sure. would cost or whatever? Well, it, get, it gets very complicated. Nobody wants, you know, the hospitals don't want to admit what they're charging. Insurance companies don't want to admit what deals they have with hospitals and with providers. So in the end, the patient who, in a strange way in America, the patient who pays cash pays the highest price. This is, right. the, this is not true anywhere else in the economy. It's true here. So transparency is huge. I think the president's right. Uh, we should break through the, the, uh, the, the curtain that the insurance companies put up with what they have negotiated. Uh, you know, a patient who uses their own uh, medical savings account, for instance, or reimbursement account should be paying the lowest cost for that service because it's essentially a cash transaction. Right. And it's not right now. We have to break through, break through these curtains of secrecy. We have to bring price transparency. That's the number one thing we can do uh, to bring uh, the cost of health care down. And the president's going to do it with this prescription drugs. He's announced that he wants to have the prices of these prescription drugs in the right. ads. You see the ad on television? That's great. Oh, by the way, this is what it How costs. How much it costs. Right. That's right. And that will have a, I, I agree with you, I think it will have an enormous impact. What about, I mentioned earlier about the surprise billing. Uh, this is one of those things that's kind of hidden from most people until they actually have some sort of procedure done. And then uh, the billing just seems to come and come and come uh, over and over again. The, the administration is trying to deal with this. Uh, a number of committees, uh, Energy and Commerce, uh, here in the House and Senate, Senate as, as well. Uh, what's your take on some of the reforms that can be done for surprise billing? Well, going back to the, look, the reason why we have surprise billing is because Obamacare failed. It, it allowed uh, insurance costs to go up, and what insurance companies did when they saw that, those rising premiums is they started to restrict the physicians you can go see. So they created what are called physician networks, where you can go for a low cost, 
and everyone else outside that network, you were going to have to pay more for. And, and the insurance companies did this just to keep their costs down. And people complained, but you know, if you have a very good physician you want to go see, and your, your friends recommend them, you ought to be able to go see that physician. Mm -hmm. So uh, we don't want surprise bills. When you go to the hospital, you know, you you're gonna, might be taking care of physicians who the insurance company specifically didn't want to negotiate with. And again, remember, insurance companies have antitrust exemptions. They don't have to. They don't have to follow the same rules everyone else does. Uh, and if they so explain that. A lot of our listeners may not know what sure. these antitrust exemptions mean. What, what do we... What, in practical terms, what, what impact does that have? Well, they have the ability to collude for all intents and purposes. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is they get together. They don't. They exclude some physicians from their networks. The, usually, they're the they're the physicians who might be better, who might say, you know, uh, I actually patients will uh, pay a little more to come to me, and uh, they the insurance companies try to keep their costs down will exclude those physicians from the network. Well, if you go to a hospital and that physician gets called in for consultation, for instance, they may not be an in-network physician. Now, you would want them because they may be a better physician. Uh, but but you would, under current rules, you would have to pay more out of your pocket, even though you didn't get a choice of who you chose, which physician wow. you chose. That's not fair. So all the solutions, first of all, say, look, if the patient uh, didn't make a conscious decision, they shouldn't be held liable. You know, they should just pay what they would for an in-network physician. And let's let the insurance companies and the providers kind of battle it out for, for what is a fair reimbursement. Because the insurance companies, again, they hold all the cards uh, and, uh, you know, they have they've made it an unlevel playing field. So we have to level the playing field a little bit, but, but we're going to keep patients. Everybody agrees. Patients shouldn't be in the middle of this. This is this is a squabble between insurance companies who want to just you know uh, exclude a lot of uh, physicians from their networks, and the physicians who want to be in those networks but want to have fair payment. If we don't get this right, it will result in even smaller networks and physicians who will just say, "I'm not going to take care of uh, of a patient with that insurance uh, from that insurance company because the the payment is so low." Wow. Well, I yeah, you know, I applaud the the president and his the administration for what they're trying to do. Some of these initial proposals, some that you've you've referred to, and and you've meet with the doctors caucus and other uh, freedom caucus members trying to address the uh, healthcare reform issues. Uh, overall, uh, what, what what's your thoughts on some of the ideas that are emerging, be it from the administration or our colleagues? Well, again. Uh in the Freedom Caucus, we believe in the free market system. We believe in price transparency. We think the free market can solve some of these problems. And the administration, uh, you know, prescription drugs is a great example. The administration has said, look, we need to encourage generic manufacturers because generic drug manufacturers produce competition. They bring the price down. So the FDA has done that. Uh, they think that uh, we might uh, want to look toward value pricing. Uh, so, for instance, when, when you and I make a decision to go out and buy a car, we make a price-value decision. You know, we, we, we know what, what a car will deliver. We know another car may deliver a little bit more for us. We're willing to pay more. Uh, but all cars work. Now, with prescription drugs, some of the new therapies work for a large number of patients but don't work in others. So if you have a, a, a cancer therapy, for instance, that is going to, or an immunotherapy that costs $100,000, but it ends up not working for that patient, we think there ought to be a system where the patient doesn't have to pay for it if it doesn't work. And pharmaceutical companies are willing to do this. Now, we think that's a good compromise. You know, if, if the drug actually works for you and you have a serious disease, right. your insurer should be willing to pay the, sure. uh, pay the entire amount. So it's called value pricing. It's a great idea. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, there was what was called a gag rule for pharmacists. You know, if you went in and had a prescription, and that pharmacist could have sold you a, the prescription at a lower price for cash, but you had an insurance plan with a higher copay than the cash price, 
the, the pharmacist wasn't able to tell you that you, if you paid cash, it was a lower price than, than uh, under your insurance plan. You? Couldn't even tell you. So again, that kind of restriction on the free market uh, just shouldn't be access, uh, uh, acceptable. And finally, uh, you know, the president has said that uh, you know he wants the the uh, price negotiations that occur between the drug manufacturers and the wholesalers and the and the uh, pharmaceutical uh, the pharmacies. Those ne those negotiated dis discounts should go to the consumer. They shouldn't be gobbled up uh, by middlemen, especially the insurance companies. They should they should go right to the consumer. This will really bring down the cost of drugs for a lot of our seniors on Medicare Part D. Well, Andy, I want to thank you for your incredible leadership on this issue, and everyone listening right now. There's no question uh, that they or they need to know who you are because you are uh, one of the leaders on this issue and no question as the plane lands so to speak on healthcare reform you're going to be right in the middle of it and I, I look forward to talking to you further about this but thank you for coming on and, and getting this um, discussion underway with the American people. Thank you Jody. Great to have you. All right, folks, time to wrap up. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it so much. We would also appreciate it if you take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and be sure to follow us on Facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus, and also through our Twitter handle, at Freedom Caucus. Until next time, this is Jody Heiss with the Freedom Caucus podcast. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.